1 John chapter 1, and I know that, uh, well, technically I should be quitting now, so we'll be just as quick as we can here this morning, but we do believe the Word of God is important, and so we want to just spend a few minutes in the Word today. And, uh, those of you who are visiting with us for the first time and are wondering how we stand it in this hot room every Lord's Day, uh, you'll be happy to know that we do have air conditioning going in very, very shortly. been praying about that for a long time, and uh, so next year at Old Fashioned Sunday, it'll be nice and cool in here. Uh, and actually, it's not too bad in here today compared to some days that we have had. Had a few brutal days there. First John chapter 1, let's just read four verses. We'll have a word of prayer. And I want to just speak to you just for a few moments, and then we'll be done. First John chapter 1, verse number 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, and these things we write to you, that your joy may be filled full. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for the word of God, and I pray for these few moments that you'd help me, Father, to be clear. Uh, Father, this is the message you've laid uh, on my heart today, and I pray that you'd help me to, uh, to share it well, and I pray that uh, there'd be no distraction, and I pray you just guide and direct. Help me to be brief. And uh, speak to hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, as we mentioned, we are celebrating Old Fashioned Sunday, our third annual Old Fashioned Sunday. And it is meant to be a fun day. It's meant to be a day of fellowship. We're, we're always so thankful to have the uh, Rubber City Model A Club with us. This is our third year with us. And uh, so make sure you stop and look at their cars. That's always a lot of fun. But it's just meant to be a day of fun and fellowship and celebration. It's also, however, meant to be a day of reflection. Reflection. It's a day in which we, we tend to want to look back and see that which God has done. It's a day which we tend to want to look around and see what he is doing. And it's a day we tend to want to look ahead and see what he is yet going to do. Now here at Friendship Bible Church, we believe some things. For example, we believe in the Bible. We believe the Bible is more than just a book. We believe the Bible is the inspired, inerrant, holy, perfect word of God. We believe what it says. And from its pages, we learn of a man, a man by the name of Jesus, and we believe that there was such a person, and is such a person, a man who lived and died a couple thousand years ago, a man who so changed history that time itself is measured around his life. He was a man, but he was actually more than a man. He was Jesus, the Son of God. Here at Friendship Bible Church, we have a thing called a statement of faith. It's a document that simply describes our core beliefs. And if you go out to our website, you can see that and read that. But there's just one statement in there that I want to share with you this morning. And that statement is, we believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ and that he is both fully God and fully man. And I think it's important for us, even, even if we just do it for a few minutes this morning, to think about Jesus on old-fashioned Sunday. See, we could talk about the history of our church all day long, and it is a fun thing to talk about, isn't it? It's, it's fun to, to think about all God has done and to look at this building and see how he has pr protected and preserved it through these years. All that's good. We could talk about that all day long. But without Jesus, there is no purpose to anything that we do here. Without Jesus Christ, there is no real history to this church. Who cares without Jesus Christ? You might say that Jesus is in our very DNA here. He's everything. To us here at Friendship Bible Church. We look back, we said, and what do we see? We see Jesus. 
that quote that I read, that quote that's on that little bookmark that you'll have that, that we gave you as a memento of this morning. Did you, did you notice what it says? It says, on this day came forward the baptized disciples of who? Jesus Christ, our Lord. Acknowledged him to be their only teacher and lawgiver and the Holy Scriptures to be their only guide. And so from the very earliest days of this church, from July 20th, 1828, and maybe even before that, Jesus is what we see when we look back at the history of Friendship Bible Church. We look around and we see Jesus is working in our midst even now. How else could you explain what God has done in this place if it were not for the working of the Lord Jesus Christ in our midst? We look forward and we look forward to the culmination of all that this church stands for when Jesus comes and takes us home. No matter which way we look, Jesus is what we see. A couple weeks ago, we started delving into that statement in our statement of faith. And we, uh, we, we concentrated on that one that I just read you. We believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ and that he is both fully God and fully man. We dug a little bit deeper into the first part of that a couple weeks ago. We believe Jesus Christ is fully God. Do you believe that? Amen. Fully God. And as we considered that truth, we learned some things. We learned, for example, that Jesus is everything God is. Everything that is true of God is true of Jesus. Every attribute that you can assign to God is also true of Jesus Christ. He is everything God is. We learned that Jesus did everything that God does. The Bible says Jesus is the one who created. Jesus is the one who sustains everything God did. Jesus does and did. We learned that Jesus exercised all the privileges of deity. If it's something that's only God should be able to do. Jesus was able to do it. The Bible says that he forgave and forgives sin. Who could do that but God? Jesus did. He claimed that he will one day raise the dead in the resurrection and he proved it. First of all, by raising Lazarus and by raising himself. Only God can do that. He said that one day he and he alone will judge all things. So Jesus exercised all the privileges of deity. And we learned also that Jesus is called by names that could only possibly refer to God. Jesus is called the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Who could that refer to but God? He's called by names. Uh, he's called the resurrection and the life. He's called the I Am. He's called Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. And so because of those things, because the Bible says those things, we, we determined, as we looked at that a couple weeks ago, that we can proclaim without apology, we believe Jesus Christ is fully God. But our statement of faith didn't stop there, did it? It said something else. It said, we believe Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. And we made some interesting statements, and I'll make them again here today. We, we, we could state that a couple of different ways. We could say, for example, that we believe Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. Can you explain that one? But that's what we believe. We believe that Jesus is just as much God as if he had never been man and just as much man as if he had never been God. Can you explain that? That's what we believe. And so for just a few moments this morning, just a few, I promise you, I hope you'll, hope you'll try to listen. Just a few moments, I want us to think about that last part because I think it's important and I think it has an application to us on Old Fashioned Sunday in 2011. I want to talk to you just for a minute about the fact that we believe Jesus is fully man. He was just as much a man as I am, just as much a man as you are. He was a human being. He is a human being. So just a couple minutes. You know, the Bible does present compelling evidence of that fact. It presents some evidence that he was indeed a human being. For example, it says he was born just like any other man. 
Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 4, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. God doesn't need to be born. Jesus was born. He was a man. The Bible tells me that he looked like any other man. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 8, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He had all the outward indications that he was human. Being found in fashion means he looked like one. He looked like a man. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 2 says there was absolutely nothing special about him. Nothing that would have been attractive. Nothing that would have set him apart from anybody else. He just looked like a human being. Just like you. Just like me. Just like Bob. He looked like a human. He looked like a man. The Bible also tells me that he was made of flesh. Luke chapter 24 and verse 39. Behold my hands and my feet that it is I myself handle me and see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. He had a body. He was made of flesh. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. John chapter 1. He could be handled. That's what John said in our text today. He said our eyes have seen him. Our ears have heard him. Touched him, handled him with our hands. He grew up just like any other human being. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 52 says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So all these things tell us he was made of flesh. He was a human just like you and just like me. And there are other things we could look at in the Bible, no doubt, to make this point. But hopefully just those few will give you the idea. The Bible presents compelling evidence that Jesus was not only fully God, he was fully made. And so perhaps this morning you say, okay, fine, so what? What does that have to do with me? I, I know there's food sitting out there. What, what does it have to do with old-fashioned Sunday? And the fact is, we may not understand all of that. I, I don't think we'll understand that until we get to heaven. Maybe that's why we're going to have eternity in heaven. Because it takes that long to figure that out or understand that, I don't know. But don't feel bad if you don't understand that because the greatest theologian who has ever lived on the face of this earth, I believe, was the Apostle Paul and he didn't understand it either. He said, where's it at here? I've got it here somewhere. He said in 1 Timothy chapter 3, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. He said, that's a mystery. And even I don't understand. But it's more important to ask ourselves another question. Not do we understand it, but the question we really need to ask is, does it matter to us? Does it matter to us? And I would suggest today that it does. I think it does matter to us on Old Fashioned Sunday in 2011. I think it does have great meaning to us. Those of us who have very real problems and difficulties that we deal with in our lives every day. In America, in Randolph, wherever we're from. You see, the fact is, I can't think of any other truth of Scripture that applies more to you and to me than that. Jesus Christ was one of us. That's what makes him precious to us. That's what makes him meaningful to us. That name, Emmanuel, God with us, reminds us that he is God, but he's also one of us. Think about what that means. That means that we can know what God is like. Isn't that amazing? We can know what God is like. John chapter 1 and verse number 18. No man hath seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus Christ. Look at the man, Jesus. It means we can know what God is like. It means we have an example of how to live. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21 says, Even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow His steps. 
We are bombarded with information today. The internet is overflowing with information. Every place we go, we have talking heads and pundits telling us how to live and, and, and what's right and what's wrong. How are we to know? How are we to sift through all of that information today and know how we are supposed to live? We have an example. Jesus Christ. He's the one who tells us how we should live. There is almost nothing. I, I don't think there really is anything in this life. Any situation that we could find in this life that we can't look to the pages of Scripture and to the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and find some example from His life of how He might have handled that that would help us to see through it. He is our example of how we ought to live. It also means that Jesus knows what we're going through. What are you going through? Some in this room I know are going through hard times. Jesus went through all sorts of things. He knows what you're going through. My Bible tells me Jesus experienced sorrow. He experienced adolescence. Teenagers that think you're the only ones who ever had. Jesus experienced it. He experienced hunger and weariness and poverty and temptation. Jesus experienced anger. Righteous anger. He got sad. He got frustrated. There's an old gold city quartet song that's called The Search is Over and has a verse in there that says he knows what you're going through. He's walked in your shoes and he's felt the pain till his tears fell like rain and his heart broke too. He knows how it feels alone when all of his friends were gone and he walked up that hill doing his father's will to die for you. It means he knows what we're going through. But most important of all, most important of all, why is it important that Jesus was fully man? If you've zoned out on all of this up to this point, would you come back just for a second? This is the last point. This is the most important part. It means we can be forgiven. It means our sins are paid for. And forgiveness is possible. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 3. What the law could not do. In that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin condemned to sin in the flesh. It took a man to pay for my sin and yours. That man was Jesus Christ. Because he was fully man, we can be forgiven. Because he was fully man, he could pay that price. read one time where a Sunday school teacher was teaching these kinds of things to her little kids in her Sunday school class. And as the lesson concluded, she wanted to make sure they'd understood. So she looked around at all the little kids and she said, Now what is it that we have to do before we can be forgiven of sin? Long silence ensued. And finally, one little boy in the back raised his hand. In a very timid voice, he said, Sin. Sin. The fact is, we may think that's cute and we may giggle at that, but it's true, isn't it? Why did Jesus have to die? Because we do sin. Because we all sin. And we all need forgiveness. The longer I live and the longer I talk with people about their need for Christ, the more I realize that you don't have to convince anybody that. You know, we may kick at that, and we may deny it outwardly. But in our heart of hearts, in that place where we cannot hide from God, inside we know, absolutely, do we not? It's true. The Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we know it is true of all of us. I heard a sermon one time. don't remember who this person was preached this sermon. I, I, I just remember this one particular aspect of the sermon. He was preaching about this very thing. He was preaching about talking to other people about... Uh, their need for the, the, the gospel and the good news. And he was talking about the story of Jesus and calling it good news. And I remember when he got to this point, this point where he was describing the fact that we're all sinners. And he paused and he said, wait a minute. 
All sinners. That, that's not good news. That's not even news. And that thought has always stuck with me. It's not news. Because we know it's true. Every one of us knows it's true. The good news is that forgiveness is there. And it's there because Jesus, a man, died on the cross for you and for me. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. John said, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Remember the story of the prodigal son. We all heard the story of the prodigal son when we were kids in Sunday school. And it's in Luke chapter 15, if you ever want to read it on your own and remind yourself of what it says. But you remember the story, a man had two sons. And one, his younger son, demanded his inheritance early and took off and squandered his father's wealth and riotous living and debauchery. And finally there came a day when the Bible says he came to himself and he turned and he came back. He wanted to confess his sin and get right. And the beautiful picture is the Bible says that the father ran to forgive him. Saw him afar off and ran to forgive him. That's the forgiveness that's available to you and to me. The psalmist said, you Lord are good and ready to forgive, abundant in mercy to all that call upon you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, I think it's a wonderful truth. Jesus, not only God, he's also a man, one of us. He is, as our text this morning described him, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. Therefore, verse number three says we can have fellowship with him. Therefore, verse number four says we can have joy that comes no other way. All because of a man, Jesus Christ, whom the Bible describes as the same yesterday and today and forever. We look back, we see Jesus. We look around us, we see Jesus. We look ahead, we see Jesus. We, the members of Friendship Bible Church, believe that, see that. I believe that and see that. The question this morning that I would close with is this. Do you? Do you see that? Do you know that man? Jesus Christ. He gave an interesting warning in Matthew chapter 7. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. He said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. I never knew you. This man, Jesus, is the past, he's the present, he's the future. We look back, we look around, we look ahead. He's what we see. But none of that matters to you if you can't look into your own heart and see him there. Do you know the man? Father, we thank you for this, this truth from your word. Father, how we thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord, we're so thankful for what we're celebrating here today and all the fun that we look forward to and just the fellowship one with another. But Lord, we know none of it would be possible without him. <coughs> Father, I don't know the needs of these, your people. I don't know how many here today who might be visiting with us that have not considered these things. But Lord, there may be some. And I pray this morning they know that uh, they have friends here that this is a safe place. This is a place where uh, we would love to take the Bible and show them how they can uh, have their questions answered, how they can know for certain, how they can come to know this man, Jesus Christ, how they can have a relationship with him that will give them eternal life. Father, if there's even one like that, 
I pray today that you'd work in their heart. And we're going to sing in just a moment. And Lord, we won't have a long invitation, but Father, if there's anyone who needs to discuss those things, I pray they'd know. We're here to talk to them. And we'll thank you. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.